I started selling those and in a year and a half, I saved up $20,000. From that specifically? Yes. From my Etsy business. Oh my God. Let's go. And if it wasn't for me taking the risk and saying, you know what, I'm not going to be just a stay-at-home mom making no money and being sad. I'm going to figure out a way to make get a down payment. Like I would not be in this position that I'm in right now. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What's up, everyone? This is Brian with the Action Academy podcast coming to you live from an Airbnb, actually, over in Santa Monica, California. So I'm going to keep it a little bit low here, but we have got an awesome episode for you today. This is going to be with none other than Casey Franchini. Casey's a real estate investor that focuses primarily on single family homes, and she is now financially independent in her 30s. So she did all of this while being a stay-at-home mom, and she could not figure out how to get the first down payment, the first money. So what she did is she actually started selling stuff on Etsy to come up with the first down payment. So her story is proof that you can do anything in any situation and circumstance and be able to find your way to your first deal to be successful. So I actually found Casey through Instagram, through her Instagram account, Brick by Brick Wealth, where she helps train new real estate investors going through the first couple of deals. So this episode is going to be really geared towards people more in the beginning stages. So if you are in that stage, listen and learn. And then if you're one of the advanced investors, Casey's story is still worth listening to with a lot of different gems. So sit tight and enjoy. Casey Franchini, that rounds with zucchini. What is up? How are you? I'm doing good, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to have you on. We have been going back and forth on Instagram. You have your Instagram that is teaching people how to invest in real estate. And I love your content. I love how it's set up. And keep walk through what your account is and the genesis of this because I'm going to keep hitting on personal brand over and over again until everyone that's listening to this has at least a sliver of an account that they're starting. So hit on that a little bit. Sure. So my account is Brick by Brick Wealth. And it's really geared towards aspiring real estate investors, people who are realizing the power of investing in rental properties or real estate in general, and they're wondering how to get started. I know a lot of investors throw out all sorts of jargon, and my account is a safe safe space and safe place to learn all the beginning strategies, not feel stupid asking questions. I give a lot of content to teach you for free on my Instagram, daily content. And for people that want to take it a step further and are ready, I do have a coaching program to help you through their first your first rental. But it really is about getting started with real estate. I specialize in rental property, so that's mostly what I talk about. Awesome. So on this show, we have obviously high level people that are talking about knocking out multi-million dollar deals for their first deals. And we got all over the place. But then we're also, we want to speak to maybe the person that's starting out right now. People that are listening that are like, hey, I love what you're saying. I've got the mindset for success. I'm ready to rock and roll. I need a little bit of help in that first step of the journey. So 
this is going to be perfect for that. So talk to me about the American dream right now, Casey. What so, What's going on with this nine to five, retire at 65? Is that even possible anymore? Honestly, it's getting harder and harder for you know people to live the American dream. It was easy for our parents, harder for our grandparents. And there's always these cycles. But I feel like with all the technology in the past 15 years, it's amazing. It's great. But everything costs so much more. And we can't even get into inflation right now. And unfortunately, people's jobs, their salaries are not going up with inflation. Did any? Did everybody get a 9% in, uh, wage increase this year? No. But guess what's costing 9% more? Everything else. Labor is almost Literally, doubling yeah. for no reason for getting things done, materials and things that you're paying for are costing more, but no one's getting paid any less. And I feel like it's just going to be harder and harder to keep up. And the lower class and middle, the lower class and the the rich are, they're, they're two ends of the spectrum. The middle class has to choose. Which way are you going? Are you going to be rich or are you going to be poor? Because pretty soon there won't be a middle class, in my opinion. It's, you're either going to be poor or you're going to be rich. And you have to try your butt off and think of other ways now to make money because our nine to five jobs are not paying to help us retire. Our parents, they had a great job, right? And now they can retire. They had pensions or they just saved and they lived in a time with double digit interest rates. And so people that had invested then were raking in the dough. I remember when I was in elementary school, they would teach us about 10% returns and just invest your thousand dollars and you're going to get a 10% return on that every year. <laughs> My, so I opened up a CD when I was 18, I got 1%. So yeah. you have to think of other ways to make money. And unfortunately, your job's not going to cut it anymore. And we're people that are just living paycheck to paycheck and aren't saving and or investing are going to have a really hard time trying to retire in the future. They're going to be working until they basically die. I'm pretty sure the statistic is that once you retire, you live 18 months. Yeah. And that's not what I want for anybody. So you have to think of other ways to make money that don't require your time because things cost so much more. We only have, we have a finite amount of time in the day, in the week, in the year. And you're working your eight-hour-a-day job. So what else can you do to help yourself make more money to retire early or even retire at all? And that is what I love about real estate. Absolutely. I love that about real estate. I love that about the internet in general, because we have one of the greatest wealth-building opportunities that's presented to us, that's in front of us, that's in our hand. And not many of us are taking advantage of it because we want to consume instead of produce. So you're one of the producers. So you're one of the ones that's out there providing content, creating content for people to actually watch that gets them down the road. And it's crazy because I was reading something. It was a statistic and it was talking about retirement, traditional retirement. And even if you did things what you were supposed to do, did all the stuff that you're supposed to do to the T. You took out student loans to go to school. You got in the job. You got a good salary. You got maybe a 2 to 5% increase each year, just each year. You go through your, your career. In about 10 years, 20 years, you pay off those student loans that got you the job. And then by the time you get to 65, the average life expectancy, like, yeah, exactly like you said, is what? 
75. Yeah. 78. So you're going to have 10 years of your life with a lot of arthritis to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> I know. Who wants to go travel the world then and enjoy your life? And if no more snowboarding on any week, any weekday, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to be watching. I want to live my life now. What can I do to retire early to live life? We were just taught it's ingrained in our minds that you go to school until you're 20, you work until you're 65, and then you get to enjoy life. Who decided that? Who decided that's the way it has to be? And guess what? It's not like that for a lot of people. And a lot of us who are middle class think, oh, well, that's the way it's got to be. That's what I learned. That's what my friends do. My friends' parents did. That's what my grandparents did. That's what I know. But guess what? There is a whole other world of people where it does not apply to them. And they are doing the work now. They're thinking outside the box. They're finding ways to create passive income that don't require their time. And they are living the dream in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. And they're not stuck in a box, hating their life, going to work every single day just to live life on the weekends and get drunk and forget about the weekday until they're 65 plus. There's other ways out there. And we and be, and I feel like we're getting forced to think outside the box. Many of us are because mm-hmm. the cost of living is so high. We have to be like, shoot, we have to think of other ways to make money. And there are people are creating side hustles, they're doing online courses, they're selling their services. People know how to train dogs, they're doing dog training on the side on the weekends. People are now that I feel like they're trying to be more creative and thinking outside the box and other ways to make income because they know that they have no other choice. Yeah. And I'll say a couple points there. So I'll say something that's a little bit contrarian and controversial here, but I think that it's actually a good thing that we are getting squeezed. Everyone's saying, oh, inflation is going high. I can't afford anything. The rent's going up. Everything's going up. So what happens is we walk around in this state of perpetual, Tony Robbins calls it that 72 degrees, right? Your comfort zone. Yep. Everyone's comfort there. Why would I go? Why would I aspire to be more than this? And then as soon as you get squeezed and you get punched in the face, then all of a sudden you start getting resourceful and you're like, okay, cool. What's next? And you said the middle class thing down in Brazil, where my girlfriend's from, there is no middle class. Middle class is just a concept that barely exists right now for us. In Brazil, you're rich or you're in the favelas. That's it. Wow. Nothing in between. So you're either living in the favelas with all the drugs and the crime or, or you're well off. And those people, like they can't even afford to buy houses. So when they graduate from college, they all live with their parents in apartments. So in America, we have this massive wealth building opportunity in front of us that isn't available anywhere else. Casey, let's, let's dive into it. We got the stage set. Let's do it. All of those, all these mindsets that we've been talking about are so astronomically important when it comes to getting financial independence early, because now it's not a nice to have, it's a need to have. So walk me through your portfolio, start with where you're at today and walk it backwards. So we can let people know kind of step-by-step how to be able to accomplish where you are. Sure. So right now we just own single family rentals and we buy one or two at a time. Um, We do the safe way. We save up, we put 20% down and we do it all over again. We rehab all of our own property. So that takes some time too. We're just not big into over leveraging and always cash out refi and always doing HELOCs and equity lines and maximizing and portfolio loans. I'm going to be 40 in a couple of weeks, which is making me feel really old, but I've also got three kids and 
we're at the point now where we're work optional. We don't have to work. Would we have this amazing lifestyle? No, but it's like a weight off our shoulders that we don't have to go to work. If Blake were to get fired or laid off, we wouldn't be living on the streets. And it's all thanks to rental income. And so people think, oh, I have to scale hard. I have to scale fast. I have to use other people's money. And that's the only way to do it. And I'm going to get rich quick. And I want it to happen right now. And it's like, real estate is a get rich slow. It's not a get mm. rich quick. It will happen. It is safe and you can count on it, but it's not going to be tomorrow. Just one little thing at a time. And all of a sudden overnight, you're a millionaire. Like, well, how'd that happen? You know? So we, we have now uh, single family rentals, but before this, I, so I'm in Memphis now, but I used to live in Southern California. And in 2007, I started off as a real estate um, agent and I looked really young for my age when I was in my twenties and in California, especially Orange County, it was hard to get listings for a million dollar houses when I looked like I was 15, even though I was like, like some 65 year old, you know, couple is not going to want someone who looks 15 to sell their million dollar house. So that was a challenge. (laughs) It was. So I found my niche, um, finding flips for real estate investors and they loved it because I would drive all over the place. California is huge. Memphis is really small compared comparatively. You could drive an hour to Memphis near the middle of nowhere. But when I'm in Southern California, I'd be driving from the beach to the desert to Los Angeles towards San Diego, Inland Empire. I covered a lot of areas and I would find flips. And I always saw how like rich these investors were. And I would go to their houses, their million, multi-million dollar beach homes to have them sign the listing, have them sign the purchase agreements. Like I would show up because back then, I mean, there, we were still doing fax machines. There was no yeah. real internet. I mean, there was internet, but there was no e-sign. It was barely coming out. So I would still show up. We had to meet in person to get this stuff signed. And so I would show up at their house. I'm like, wow, you get so rich. How do you do this? I would never ask, but I'm just thinking, how are these people flipping like million dollar houses? Like you have to have a million in cash, then plus plus money to fix it up. Like I was just astonished. And I told my husband, or I don't know if he was my boyfriend at the time. I don't remember now, but like, hey, we've got to do this. <laughs> we, we've got to get on this train because this is the way to do it. And I knew I don't want to flip. My dad and I had, we had gotten to contract on a house once. Now this is so funny because back then, right before the market crash, it was nuts. Subprime lending, all those things. And I don't know if you ever remember or heard of stated income. Mm-hmm. So I was a server. I was a cocktail waitress at a Mexican bar in Fullerton. And it was a lot of fun. I made a lot of money there. But I was like, you know what, dad, let's go flip a house. My dad fixed up properties. I could, I know I knew how to do it from helping him. Unfortunately, no young kid wants to go to Home Depot on the weekends, but that's what we did. And I said, Hey, let's flip a house. So the bank was going to give me a server loan for $750,000 on stated income. I just said what I made. I just made up a number. So I would qualify. And they were gonna this is why it. we're not going to have another recession people. <laughs> not yeah. another 2008, at least. I know. So Holy crap, the little ninja loan. No I income, mean, no job. You, like, is that nuts or what? They're going to give me a loan, a server, a cocktail, part-time cocktail waitress, a loan for 750000 because I lied and said I made whatever it was I said I needed to make. Like, okay. So we didn't end up buying the house. It had some um, extra roof um, issues during the inspection. Thank goodness. We said, eh, maybe that was too risky. But my husband and I started making offers on rental properties in California. And something held us back from doing it. 
And it was because I didn't, I mean, I, I knew people who flip, but not who owned rentals. No one owned rentals that I knew. I knew my friend Mikey's grandma owned 10. Like, I don't even know who she was. That's the closest yeah. relationship I had to someone who owned rentals. So when we moved to Memphis in 2016, I said, that's it. I said, Blake, we're going to buy rentals this time. We're not going to chicken out. We're going to do it. And he's like, we just bought a house. That's a major fixer upper. And we're on a single income. And we have a three-week-old and a two-year-old and a cat. So how are we going to put a down payment down for a house and fix it up? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. So I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I wasn't going to say, oh, fine. I guess we can't buy anything. I'll just sit at home and cry myself to sleep, being feeling like a loser because I'm just a stay-at-home mom now and I don't contribute, don't make any income. And I know, don't know anybody here. Mm-hmm. And I could have done that, but instead I said, no, I'm going to do this. We're not chickening out like we did in California. And I've got to figure out a way to make some money. And so I started um, a side hustle. I started an Etsy business and I'm not like creative and I'm, I'm not a draw. I write, I know letters and I can tell a story and write a story, but I cannot draw. You're like, I can read and I can write. I am not creative and I barely know math. So I was like, good thing real estate just adding and subtracting. Okay. Let me tell you that. So I said, I, I'm going to buy a cricket machine, you know, die cutting machine. You've seen yeah. people wearing the t-shirts and they're like the tumblers that they make. And so I started selling those. And in a year and a half, I saved up $20,000. From that was- specifically? Yes. For my Etsy business. And oh was, my um, God. Was, Let's go. Yeah. I was selling Etsy or Facebook marketplace. People do porch pickup. I would sell $5 bunny rabbits that I would buy from the Dollar Tree. And then I would put their kids' names on them in the year. And they would put them in their Easter baskets. Like I would do wedding stuff, bachelorette stuff, Christmas things, like all sorts of little personalized items. And I would do this in between my toddler, like during my toddler's naps, my baby's naps. And at night. When Blake got home from work. So this is a super part-time, did a couple days a week. And then finally, my mother-in-law moved down, moved out here. And so she was able to watch my two-year-old like once or twice a week for a few hours <laughs> so I could do my orders. And so just that small amount of time and thinking outside the box, like I can do this, I can make something for myself, started us down this journey of being financially free, technically before we're 40. And if it wasn't for me taking the risk, and saying, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be just a stay-at-home mom making no money and being sad. I'm gonna, I'm going to figure out a way to make get a down payment. Like I would not be in this position that I'm in right now. Let's go, Casey. Yes, <laughs> that is so freaking awesome. So for people listening, we will we'll pull a couple of concepts out of that story because that was fantastic. But I want y'all to also know that earlier so this show is going to sound smooth and it's going to sound like it's all one one episode but in reality we had this done earlier this day and then the wi-fi started going out for both of us and so mid-conversation it just sounds like it uh, 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 and we had to completely re-record this and now this is the re-recorded version and i said watch case you're going to come out and it's going to be even better this time that's right and she delivered. Of course she did. So she earned a follow on Instagram, guys. Go give her a follow on Instagram. But a couple of things to pull out from there. Okay, first off, you don't care about your resources. It was all about resourcefulness. Right. You said that there's not going to be a single thing that holds me back from getting my goal. And that was when you were a whole, when you were doing the flips, when you were a realtor back in Southern California, you were driving. You said, hey, I'm not making this work the traditional way. 
what else can I do? And then you drove and you worked your tail off and you made it happen. And then you come over here and you have your kids, young kids, which is like having 20 kids that are normal. (laughs) And you go and start this Etsy shop to help you start your, save your down payment from the Etsy shop. Nobody has an excuse now. None, zero, zilch. If you have an excuse, I would invite you to tell Casey what your excuse is and see what her response is. Yes. I hear, I get a lot of DMs and then people say, I'm just starting out in real estate. Like, what can I do? And the first question she asks is what kind of real estate It's so broad. There's so many things you could do. Mm -hmm. And I say, they say rental properties. And that's what I do. I say, are you still saving up or do you have your down payment ready to go? And when they say I'm still saving up or they say, oh, it's, you know, really hard because I can't save enough or it's going to take too long. That's when I say, hey, look, you have a lot of hours in the day that you're watching Netflix, that you're hanging on the front porch with a beer, that you're talking crap with your friends next door. Stop. Use your time wisely because life is short. As our parents always said, life happens so fast. Cherish every moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can sit around and watch life pass us by and keep hoping and wishing for our lives to be better, but nothing's going to change if you don't make the change. You have to get up off your butt. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to do things that you're not familiar with. That's the only way you're going to grow. And if you're looking to you know, build a portfolio of real estate investments or whatever it is, or make passive income, you have to figure out steps to get you there. And if you don't have enough money, figure it out. Some, you're, everyone's good at something. Mm-hmm. You know, sell it, make some extra money on the side. I love this. You are preaching to the choir because <laughs> it all comes down to this one key concept that comes up over and over again. And I'm going to keep driving these key concepts home. Choose your hard. Have you ever seen that before? No. Choose your hard. Like so it. everything is hard. You just choose which one you would prefer. So marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Being fit is hard. Being overweight and unhealthy is hard. Being financially independent is hard and it's scary. And we're, we talk about things, strategies that are easier than others, but we're not going to act like this journey isn't kind of terrifying sometimes for all of us. I'm going through it right now with my transition I'm making. I quit my corporate job and I'm moving to Greece in July. Woo-hoo! Yeah, but also, woo, right? <laughs> Giving yeah. up all control, leaving everything. I have no stable income anymore. So now it's just this. It's scary, but it's worth it. So choose my, so like in my situation, choose my heart. Do I want to figure it out, make it happen and be in Greece and be traveling? Or do I want to not make it happen and sit here with the regret of not making it happen? Woo, that's hard. And the same with you. You said, hey, I make a decision today that I will do anything that it takes to earn financial independence for me and my family. And Applause to you, ma'am. That is freaking awesome. So let's walk through that first, those first couple of deals. So you said that you were doing 20% down, kind of traditional rental occupant. No, not non-occupant. You were just buying them as pure rentals. So we already had a house. So we had to, you have to, if you're going to make it a purely investment and it's going to be hundred percent owner-occupied, I'm sorry, hundred percent tenant occupied, like then it's an investor loan. And you have to put 20% down as a minimum. Now, unless you do a vacation home, 10%, which is not what 10%. We're about. Yeah. That's a vacation home if you want to cheat and do Airbnb. But if it's going to have a long-term uh, tenant in there, then it's 20% down. 
So that's what I saved up. The first property was in Memphis and we bought it for $92,500. So we put 20% down and then closing costs about 4%. So it was like 20,000 some all in to buy the property. And it was uh, someone's house before it. So it had not been a previously a rental. So my husband and I fixed it up. We scraped ceilings. We painted the cabinets. It was actually pretty nice. It was pretty ready to go. And so we didn't have to do too much work. Probably just a couple thousand bucks and labor and some paint and that's sort of thing. Sweat um, equity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we rented it out at the time for I think 1075 was the first tenant. She paid that 1075. We have a tenant moving in at the end of this month and the rent is now 1525. So okay. we're going to make over $700 a month positive cash flow after fixed expenses on that one house. And not only that, the appreciation or the, the the value of the house has doubled since 2016, more than doubled. So we've got a lot of equity, not a lot. It's probably worth 230 now, and we mm-hmm. bought it for 92.5 in 2016. That's a lot so, of equity. Yeah, that's a lot, especially for the it, it more than doubled. And the fact that we're gonna we bring home 700 plus dollars a month. Actually, I actually think that's another house. I think this one's 860. Yeah, I'm wrong. This one will bring us $860 a month in positive, like cash flow in my pocket after I pay for all the expenses from one house. And I love your approach here because a lot of the times we have people coming on that are aggressive, 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 grow, 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 grow. That's myself included. But now this is going to be great for people that are listening that it's not a one size fits all. You said, hey, there's we want to do what we know. We're going to stay in our lane. This is what we want. This is what Casey wants. I want to do one property a year, 20% down. I want the equity. I have a family. I want the safety. And then you just grow from there. So even if you just do the one house a year, so now how many homes do you have now? Seven. Seven. Okay. And what what does that cash flow look like now? If you're making so what, like six, seven grand? Yeah. I feel like we bring in 40 a year passive income, like in my pocket, the rental income is much more than that. But after you pay everything off, that's the extra. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The capital expenses, all that yeah. the, the vacancy. Yeah. Something. yeah. I don't remember exactly. So I'm curious. I'm really curious here, Casey, because the one of the principles and concepts that I'm hitting on a lot now, and I don't really hear it too much, is that foundational level of financial independence, which I feel like you're at right now. 40,000 coming in a year is not extravagant. It's not something where you're like, oh, I'm going to go vacation in the Maldives with this passive income. But in my opinion, what it allows is it allows you to take more risk if you feel like it. So for me, yeah, so exactly. So for me, it's I've got my same baseline of cash flow coming in. And now I can go and try other businesses. I can try to do social media a little bit more. I can try to do this podcast now. And I can take those leaps and they're not as risky anymore. Is that something that you're looking into pursuing? Or do you want to stick to your tried and true method and just keep rocking it? Stick to it because most of these houses are almost paid off. So Mm. when they're paid off, then we're going to get 100% of the income and except for property taxes and home insurance. And we're starting to buy in better and better areas, which will keep the properties nicer longer, better six-figure income earner tenants with high credit scores. 
And the appreciation will be far more than any D or C class neighborhood will ever get. So it's like these properties are so close to paid off with do we buy a house or pay one off? It's the same amount of uh, money. And so yeah. once these ones are um, paid off and they could be paid off very soon, we'd be looking at 60 or 70,000 a year income without having to do a lot of work. So a lot of people will make that income and they might own a couple 20 unit apartment buildings, which sounds great. But the amount of work you have to do for that is far more than what I'm going to have to do for my seven houses. And when we get to 10 properties, that's going to be 100,000 a year passive income once those are paid off and then only growing because we won't have a mortgage and the rents are going to still keep going up. So I haven't even factored mm. into rent, rental increases at all. So yeah, just buy one or two a year and we are not going to refinance them. We're not going to, we, I can see maybe putting them in a, um, putting them in a portfolio loan and taking out equity line, but sure. I don't want to refinance and start a new 30 year mortgage. So that, that when you cash out refinance to take out your equity, and you do the cash that refinance, you are starting all over with a brand new 30-year mortgage. Your rental income or your net income comes down because now you have a higher mortgage payment. Well, yeah, it's good. You get to buy more properties, but you're also not netting what you were netting before because now you have a new higher mortgage payment. So we're just going to let our active income save for our down payments and buy them and pay them off, buy them and pay them off. And to me, that's the safest way to go go. And with rental increases and buying in better neighborhoods, we might be buying fewer properties. I like to buy more A-class neighborhoods. And the more investors that I talk to, the old guys, the more that's what they do. They do not yep. buy in B-class neighborhoods and they don't even really buy in C-class neighborhoods. Now they're only in A neighborhoods. They, I talked to this guy at my investor meeting on Thursday. He's like the top dog in the Memphis investor group. His name is Richard. And this guy owns houses in Germantown, Tennessee, which is where I live. And it's a very nice city, suburb of Memphis. And he buys these houses for three or 400,000. It's in the cheapest area and rents them out because people want to be in a school district. And then mm. he just told me he was buying $500,000 um, townhomes in, and houses in Nashville, $500,000 rentals. Because you know why? You're going to get A plus tenants. They're going to have over six figure income earners. They're going to have 800 credit scores. And those houses are going to appreciate like nobody's business. And so, yes, your cash flow will help you with your day to day income, but it's the equity and the appreciation that makes you wealthy, not your measly three to 500 a month or whatever that most people get yep. from a rental. That's not going to make you rich. What's going to make you rich is buying an appreciating house, but you need both things. You need appreciation and cash flow. You need a good little balance. And the more money that you have, the better properties you can buy. So you got to start off small. The cash flow gets you. Cash flow gets you rich. Equity gets keeps you rich. Yes. Cash flow gets you rich. Equity keeps you rich. So once you have all this, all these properties, and you have everything done, and you have your hundred thousand dollars coming in, which will be shortly. What's what's next? What's the game plan? What are you going to do with your family? Just buy more houses. Right? Keep it rolling. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd ever stop buying houses. It's an so, Are you still yeah. doing any kind of W-2 job or are you completely out just focusing no. on this? I've only, I only ever had a, a full-time job with benefits once in my life. And it was for three months. And <laughs> I know it's so embarrassing. I quit. Well, okay, I didn't quit. 
I tell this in some other podcast stories, but the the company was a really nice um, public relations firm in Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great, but the owner and I just gotten hired on right out of college, and the owner had some like weird stuff going on personally, and he was in like legal action and all that stuff. So he lost and he fled the country, and the FBI cool. came. And like they seized all his assets and kicked us out of the office. It was like really cool. W2s are stable, everyone. I didn't have a I didn't have a job anymore. And that's but you know what? It was grueling. It was an hour and a half drive there and back. That was really hard. That people demanded a lot of me. And it's like, why am I leaving? And my job started at 9 a.m. trying to beat some morning traffic in Southern California. But I won't get home till eight o'clock at night and it'd be dark. I'd be crying. Like, this isn't what I want. You mean I went to school my whole life to try and get good grades. Did student government, leadership, president of this and that, all these things just to, to go to school and to get a great degree, to work till eight o'clock at night and drive home in the dark. Like this sucks. <laughs> and it was then that I said, I'm not getting another job. Screw nine to fives. I'm not. This is not what life is meant to be. And that's when I decided to do real estate instead. I yeah. so it was a blessing. Love it. Yeah. Now my husband still has a nine to five, but he likes it. He works that's, with his and best friend and he loves yeah. it. And that's yeah. the goal, right? The goal is to do what you want to do. So for me, yeah, I've, and, I've been blessed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tell people, everyone is charging hard for financial independence, right? Everyone is that the only thing they think about, especially in the communities. Don't be surprised, really, not everybody. In the communities, let me rephrase. Yeah, in the communities. That, yeah, yeah. So there's two different, there's two different extremes here. You've got the people that are what well, most people. Let me rephrase. Yeah. So most people are saying, oh, I'm just going to work and figure this out. I hate this job. I hate doing everything, but I got to do it. Whatever. I'll take my two weeks a year of vacation, but I got to do this until I'm 65. And then you've got our financial independence community, but they can also be a bit flawed because they're so hard charging towards freedom that they hit their cash flow number and they hit financial independence. And they're like, what now? Yeah. And they don't even know what they want to do. So I tell people, I'm like, figure out what you're freaking passionate about. Figure out what you love doing and then create a life around that. And then you never work. And then that's what financial dependence for me allows. If you want to start a podcast, do a podcast. You want to start an Etsy shop, do an Etsy shop. If you want to TikTok about fossils, fossil it up. (laughs) I I think a lot of people don't don't think that they could ever do it. So I'm where I live. It's a bunch of moms. So we're in a mom group in the neighborhood. There's like 10 of us moms and we're on a in text thread and we yeah. would do play groups and our kids were small and we do wind down Wednesdays in front of our houses. We all get together and drink after school. We do that. Hey, but these, some of these moms that are my friends that they don't want to hear anymore about my real estate stuff. I love to talk about it's all I want to talk about, but they don't. They that's fair. I can see that they feel like ah, look at her. Must be nice. Five thousand plus dollars a month and she doesn't even work for it. She's out here at 3 30 in the afternoon drinking wine and she didn't even do any work to make that money. And here I am working really hard every single day. So where it used to be like I could talk about it in the very beginning, they don't want to hear it now because oh, it gets worse. They think it's not for them and they get jealous and well, that kind of sucks. So, and, and that's kind of when I started going online to Instagram and finding like-minded people because my paycheck to paycheck friends don't want to hear about success. They don't want to hear about you succeeding. They want you to stay down with them and they want to talk about 
how their credit cards are over leveraged and how their pay car, car payments got them too much and how they had to put Disney World on a credit card or borrow from their mom for, with, for things. And, you know, they're great friends, but not financially. They're not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. I, and it's just a difference in mindset to where they think that if you're winning, then that means that they lose. But that's not yeah, exactly. true. Everyone can just win simultaneously. And the people that you're speaking to on the show, they win. And there's a, you're with your people, Casey. <laughs> I, I know. I think even just anyone listening to this podcast are light years ahead of most people and have the best chance in the world of success because they even know what's available to them. Some of my friends had no idea that rental houses make money. They didn't even know. And it's and I tell them, I can help you. I can show you how to do it. I know you have money for a down payment. I can help you buy a house. I'll help you put a tenant in there. And then you can be bringing in $1,000 a month too. Wouldn't that help your family? Wouldn't that help you if you had $1,000 a month? Let's plug that right there. So if somebody is looking to buy their first home or they're, they're, you're resonating with them, you're their person, where do they go? I'm really on Instagram, Brick by Brick Wealth. And I'm, I read every email. So it's Casey at BrickbyBrickWealth.com. And you can check my website, BrickbyBrickWealth.com. Um, and I'm really there to help aspiring real estate investors, people that see the potential of cash flow and, and positive cash flow and income that you can make that you don't have to work hourly for. You just have to have a down payment access a down payment from somewhere, 401k or savings account, a HELOC, borrow from your mom, something. I can help you get started. I can help you buy a a successful property out of state for most people because it's too expensive where they live and just get started on that path to financial freedom, not having to worry about paycheck to paycheck. I mean, when we had COVID going on, this pandemic, whatever, the past couple of years, People were losing their jobs. Things were shut down. People couldn't pay rent, pay their mortgage, all these things because you're relying on an employer. If you didn't have to rely on an employer, wouldn't that be just a weight off your shoulders? If you didn't have to rely solely on one source of income, if you had a couple other ways, but if you had your day job and you had a couple of rental properties supplementing and maybe taught music lessons on the side because you knew how to play guitar something like that. Your life would be so much more enjoyable if you didn't weren't constantly stressed out and worrying, well, what if I lose my job? What if I get fired? What if I get laid off? What if there's no pandemic and I lose my job? Like I don't See, like choose it. your heart. So choose your heart. So you're either exactly. gonna be worried about that and that's hard, or you can be worried about, hey, can I make this on my own? And I'm gonna take that bet 10 times out of 10. Yep. Yep. I love it. All right. So brick by brick wealth, correct? Yes. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. And with that. Anything that you want to end with for somebody listening? Any piece of advice that you'd like to give? Yes, I would just say never give up. And the only way, the best way to grow as a person is to get out of your comfort zone and do something mm. that you're not used to doing. That's to me, that's the only way that I've grown. My biggest steps forward in my life, the, the best things that have ever happened to me were because I took a leap of faith and I said, <gasps> took a deep breath. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And that was when I found my success, not just trolling along and do to do, I'm going to do this or there, take a little step here or there. No, just freaking do it. And that's when you'll see your success. She took action people. If only there was an Academy for it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Casey. Thank you so much for coming on and everyone go give her a follow. She produces in 
creates amazing content on Instagram. I love following her and she's very active on there. Go hit her and follow on Instagram, reach out. And if you're listening to this, I know we have a lot of high level seasoned investors. Maybe send this to your significant other. Send this to somebody that you know that's starting the journey. Get them fired up. Let them know that it's possible for them because every single person here has a zone of genius, something to offer, and a chance. Let's rock and roll. This has been Brian Lubin and Casey Frankini, right? Yes. Like Zucchini. Got it. With the Action Academy podcast, signing off. You've been listening to the Action Academy podcast, helping you to choose what you want with who you want when you want. You've been given the gift of freedom. Don't turn your back on that. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten some practical and useful information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media. Remember, financial independence is freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Freedom fly.